Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron White here with John Matone. John, welcome. Thank you so much, Byron. Great to be with you. Thank you. Right on. So we're going to talk about Cultural Transformations, your fabulous book here. Of course, we're talking about business transformations and the difficulty therein. Tell us what you think the couple of biggest challenges that you've uncovered with this fabulous book are with, with business transformations. Byron, I'll tell you what, here's what I would say. I did a lot of research and I had the privilege of interviewing 14 of the top CEOs in the world. And I learned so much through these interviews and discussions and the research that I have been able to do. Every company wants to get better, right? So that's, that's the goal. It doesn't matter what kind of, uh, if you're an entrepreneurial company, it doesn't matter if you're, you're an Apple. Every company uh, shares that commonality that they want to get better. They want to, they want to continuously improve. So therefore, what I discovered was transformation, uh, the effort and the imperative to transform just never goes away. So to answer your question specifically, what gets in the way from companies being successful with transformation, there are two things. One is there's a lack of leadership, Byron. This is a global issue and has been a global issue despite all the books, right, that have been written on leadership and all the blogs and all the articles. We continue to struggle. Uh, as we look at organizations, having the, the right kind of leadership, uh, not only in their current ranks, but, but the future leaders, we have a massive gap. And I wanted to write the book to at least help address that issue. And the second is that when you look at culture and you look at the essence of what, what uh, culture is in an organization, if you don't have the right culture, uh, which is made up of character and the values and the behaviors and really the DNA, if you will, of an organization, if that's not correct, if it's not supporting the operating imperative, the company is going to fail. That's why 75% of business transformations fail. What makes for a great transformational leader? If we were going to use one word to characterize the business world nowadays, and again, it doesn't matter what sector we're looking at, it doesn't matter what, what region of the world, it is so disruptive out there, things are happening so quickly, and so what I've been able to discover, and again, the, again, doing the research and interviewing the CEOs, what I discovered was the traits that go into being successful as a transformational leader. Uh, number one, you, you, there's no way you're going to survive <clears throat> unless you've got the ability to think differently and think big. Kind of getting out of your comfort zone, being a role model around thinking things differently is, is such a vital component of not getting stuck in your comfort zone. I think the second thing, Byron, is the ability to counterbalance, I use that word, if you will, to counterbalance thinking differently, thinking big, with the ability to be vulnerable uh, and be willing to accept feedback and, and course correct and so on and so forth. I think the third thing that's important is, hey, don't forget your strengths as a leader. Gifts and your strengths have served you well to this particular point. Instead of just focusing in on your gaps and your weaknesses, which tends to be the culture in a lot of organizations nowadays, hey, don't forget your strengths and your gifts. Continually leverage those gifts and strengths um, and polish those gifts and strengths. I think the fourth thing is the ability to be courageous. 
um, in making tough decisions and coming out of your comfort zone. And don't be afraid to show passion and persistence. We, we need more courage, Byron, in, in the business world. And again, I'm just not sharing my perspective. I'm sharing really the insights of the 14 CEOs that I interviewed. Two more steps that I think are, are very important. Number five is the ability as you execute and have the courage to execute, you know, to read, kind of read, be vigilant to the impact that you're having on others in your department, your organization, based upon how you're reading situations. And then the sixth step is obviously to course correct. I, I, when I look at successful transformational leaders or disruptive leaders, I tend to see those six characteristics. Hmm. I have made notes and will begin analyzing myself based on those, which is another story in itself. <laughs> but one of the things, and, and by the way, I, I just went through a, an interesting exercise myself. I brought in a consultant to sort of analyze the business and, and help me with transformation and to back it up with data and sound reasoning and sound advice on what I could do differently and what I should do. Do you think that's a good way to go? Does that build confidence with leadership and, and perhaps methodology and even technology to successfully make a transformation? How important is it, it, is it to bring in some serious transformational brands that have been there and done that and can perhaps, as in my case, better align the activity of pe- what people are doing with what the, what the individual goals are, the department goals, and the company goals? How important is it to bring science to transformation yeah. as, 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 a, as a definer for success? Well, I, I, I love that you're doing that, Byron. I think, I, I think you've put your finger on such an important area that's not being done by companies uh, worldwide. You know, here, here's what I've discovered. 75% of companies out there measure engagement levels. So, okay, let's measure the engagement levels uh, of our people. So, I mean, engagement surveys have been out there and pulse surveys have been out there for a number of years. I love them. I think they're outstanding. I think we need to continue to measure engagement. You know what drives engagement? Culture. If your culture is strong and vibrant, guess what? You end up with a more engaged workforce, which in turn drives stronger operating results. Byron, 15% of companies worldwide measure culture, okay? Mm-hmm. So there you have it. So what I was able to do as I wrote the book, I also have a background in industrial psychology. So I know a lot about assessments and I create assessments and so on and so forth. So as I'm discovering this finding, right, as I'm talking to people that, hey, there's not enough companies measuring culture, what I did was, with my team, we created a culture assessment that measures the strength and vibrancy of a culture. And it comes in down to really five important elements that uh, you need to look at. The fact that you, you did that, I think, uh, is an important lesson. And I think, I'm sure you've learned some things about your business and your culture from that in terms of, you know, here's where we're strong and here's where we need to focus. And you've heard this before, and our, certainly our listeners have heard this medical analogy, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice, right? <clears throat> so, right, it's true in medicine, and it is so true when you start to look at, you know, leadership development and we want to start measuring culture. Let's get our... Let's get our finger on the pulse, right? Let's see what's going on, and let's make sure that we have a culture that supports our vision, our mission, our strategy, and so on and so forth. You're so, you're so correct. I'm interested in a couple things regarding culture. First of all, your book is entitled Cultural Transformation, and can I, shall I assume that transformation 
with a business, namely a business model, and with you know, for example, altering goals and, and shifting even what you're what you're selling or what you're doing, that none of that can happen unless you pay a lot of attention to the culture of your community and and through that transformation process. And, and if that's correct, then how do you first of all understand what your culture is? Right. And then what your culture needs to be to help successfully make this transformation. Yeah, you've got to do two things. One is, one is there's no question that culture uh, – well, let's define culture. Right? Let's start with <clears throat> yep. okay, what is culture? Because there's a lot of definitions out there. And, and here, here's sort of the definition that I talk about in the book. If we were to take your family, take anybody's family who's listening, we could look at the culture in that family by looking at the makeup, if you will, <clears throat> the inner core makeup of every member of that family. And there's no question that the culture will start with the parents, right? Starts with the, starts with the parents. And then it rolls downhill from there. <clears throat> so what do I mean by the inner core? If we look at self-concept and the character of the individuals in that family core unit, and we look at their value system, and we look at how strong and how healthy their thinking patterns are and what their emotional makeup is, right? All of that contributes to their behaviors and their actions uh, and the results that are generated in that family. Same thing in a business, Byron. It's all the same thing. So when you look at culture, <clears throat> you're looking at the combination of the inner core of the people in that business or that entity and their outer core. And the outer core would be the behaviors and the skills that you tend to see in that business. Uh, so therefore, the makeup of your culture is directly tied to the makeup, the, the strength of the makeup of the people in your business. Um, so therefore, if you have a company that is trying to become more customer service oriented, let's say that's your operating imperative, or let's say that your operating imperative is to get you know, more, a higher level of execution, the most important thing that I've been able to learn is that the companies that are successful, the, 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 the small percentage of companies that are successful in these transformation efforts do two things. Number one, they calibrate their current culture. That's number one. So they measure strengths as well as their weaknesses in their current culture. They laser focus in on not the company that they want to create, but they laser focus in on the imperative. What kind of company must we create? And and, and therefore, what's, what must our vision be and what must our strategy be and so on and so forth? And once you understand as a senior executive team, if you will, what the, what the must state looks like, uh, you're, you're in a much better position to understand what you need to do to transform that culture once you've calibrated the culture and once you know the must state. I've got to tell you, just from experience, and I, and I know you know this just from your experience, Byron, that I'll tell you what. When we think about why most transformation efforts fail, guess what? It, it really comes down to two things. One is, certainly it's a lack of leadership, but, but we can get even more specific. If we're not measuring our current culture, and we're really not clear about that must state of what our company must become, it's impossible to be successful in your transformation efforts. Does that make sense? Um, indeed. I'm wondering, however, you know, how you know, how you assess the culture of a company, yeah. uh, and and whether that culture is even capable of change. 
because you must have this obstacle with which was of course why so many transformations fail i mean doesn't existing culture within a company really determine whether you're going to be successful or not and and the presentation of this transformation to that culture and the steps by which you transform that culture into changing the way they work the way they think the way they act that's hard to do john i'm wondering if you have this like test that you can give saying our culture sucks we need these four new people to come into it to change the way we think. We yep. need the data behind us with convincing everybody why we need the new culture. We need to change our sluggish attitudes and, and you know, doom in the gloom. And, and, and then if we do that, we will achieve remarkable goals. And we'll, the, 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 you know, is that what this is all about? Can you do that almost as a consultant? Can you can you predict these things? Very much so. And 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 here's the thing. Um, this is not to denigrate. In fact, I love the work that's being done by the big transformation consulting firms out there. Okay, so our listeners are probably thinking of, okay, what's John talking about here? I'm talking about McKinsey. Okay, mm-hmm. McKinsey yep. does unbelievable work. Okay, mm-hmm. they got great consultants. Uh, they got great leadership in those uh, transformation uh, consulting practices. Boston Consulting Group, mm-hmm. Byron, amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing work. PricewaterhouseCoopers, Deloitte. Those companies do masterful transformation efforts. However, when you look at their work, they probably don't spend enough time on some of the soft variables that ultimately are the strongest predictor of driving success in a transformation effort. So, what you said is absolutely correct. The readiness to transform in any business is in direct proportion to the current strength and vibrancy in your culture. So therefore, when you look at companies, and I, and I mask this all the time, I mean, one, one, of the, one of the CEOs I interviewed was, uh, was Tiger Tayajarajan from, from Genpact, top-notch CEO, mm-hmm. um, based in New York, 60,000 employees, Byron. Uh, uh, Genpact uh, is a GE spinoff, happened a, a number of years ago. Jack Welch picked Tiger Tayajarajan. He actually handpicked him because of his uh, because of his character and strength of inner core and so on and so forth. He said, "You know something? This is the guy who's going to transform this, bu- and he's been very successful." Hmm. One thing that Tiger and I talked about it's in the book uh, is that um, he he's trying to create a culture of agility, uh, and, and so is every company in the world. So how do we get our people to be more agile around learning and change? right, um, and, and relationships. Because if you don't have agility, it's very, very difficult to transform your business. Everybody lock, locks in. Everybody gets stuck in their comfort zone. You know what the greatest predictor of agility is? I already used the word earlier, courage. You need, you need, you need to create a courage, a, a, a courage culture. Hmm. And so, so what has Tiger done? Well, what Tiger has done is he's created an environment where he understands that there is a difference between um, uh, fearlessness and being courageous as a leader and future leader. So how do you show courage in the gen-packed culture? You do it by having the guts to step out of your comfort zone and stand up for what you believe with conviction, right, and professionalism. Uh, it's okay to show passion in the gen-packed business. You know, it's not okay to show passion in a lot of businesses nowadays, but ultimately when you show passion, it, it's a way to show courage, persistence, mm-hmm. um, being open to feedback, 
uh, is a way to show uh, courage. Um, when things aren't going well, as a leader, making sure that you role model to people that, guess what, we're going to handle this with poise. So I don't know if I'm answering your question directly, but I'm, I'm just kind of thinking back over that interview and some others. But, um, you know, you're right. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, readiness to transform, forget about it. And, and I do have a measure, by the way, uh, that I implement with clients on readiness, but I never implement it until we've actually calibrated culture. And then we look at all of that data, and that creates... Um, a, a clear path around here's what we need to do, actually, if we're going to be successful. Uh, if we're trying to merge with another culture or we're trying to become more innovative, we have no chance of doing that unless we address, um, you know, uh, the, the, the weaknesses in our culture. And it, it might come down to our people just don't believe. They, don't, they may not believe in the senior leadership team. And if they don't believe in the senior leadership team, guess what? You're not going to be successful with your effort. So uh, very, very accurate. I, I would agree with you 100%. Let's take a break, everybody. Back in just a few minutes with some more great questions, particularly about some of these incredible CEOs that John interviewed. Back in just a minute, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on, interact with expert speakers at informal networking events, and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face -face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast, and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. 
Here are your hosts. Welcome back, John. Great having you here today. Great to be here, Byron. Thank you. What was the most surprising interview you had with all of these fabulous CEOs you interviewed? The interview conduct, I conducted with, with a gentleman by the name of Chris Kanakarotin. He's the current CEO of Virtusa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virtusa is one of the fastest-growing IT consulting firms in, in the world. In fact, um, I, I actually highlighted in the book, Byron, you know, if you go back about uh, 10 years ago, uh, Virtusa started about 12 years ago, about 10 years ago, I think they were like a two or three million dollar company. They are currently a nine hundred million dollar company. Mm. They're doing amazing things in the world of IT consulting. Uh, the brand continues to grow, uh, and they actually just acquired a company out of India. So just amazing things. I loved my interview with Chris Kanakaratne, uh, Sri Lankan, uh, born in Sri Lanka. He uh, he went to he went to college at Syracuse University. You know, was was a tremendous athlete at Syracuse University, and uh, and then all of a sudden had this entrepreneurial vision for himself. And you know, the thing that was really powerful, uh, and there, there were so many things that he shared. But here's the thing that I, I just came away with, and I was shaking. I was just literally shaking when I left the interview with Chris. Was his notion around? It's just a privilege. Um, and, and I have since actually, you know, we were talking about the elements of being a transformational leader, right, mm-hmm, a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. Well, I actually forgot to mention this additional element. Uh, and the additional element is a mindset around, you know, what a privileged opportunity I have to show up every day and work with such an outstanding group of people. Yes, I am the leader of this organization, but guess what? I learned so much from my people. What a privileged opportunity I have to connect with others and help others and their families become stronger. Um, I, I don't take things for granted. This is Chris talking to me, John. John, I never take anything for granted. Yes, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish, but you know something? When I show up tomorrow, I take nothing for granted. I recognize that it could be all taken away very, very quickly. And and he talked about the book, Good to Great, that was written only 14 years ago by Jim mm-hmm. Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, right, you remember that book? I do, book, yeah. Right, amazing book. And, 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 and in fact, when he brought it up, I said, you know, I, I'm with you because, you know, 14 years is a short time period. And if you go back to that book, you know, the companies that Jim Collins talked about in that book that he actually heralded to the world, hey, these are companies that are... Some of them don't exist anymore. Right? It, it can all evaporate so quickly. So I was taken away by his whole his his strength of his inner core, um, as reflected by this mindset of just it's not a duty for me to show up and lead Virtusa. It's a privilege. Interesting. Yeah. What are some of the one of the some funny quirks that that you've discovered about some of these fabulous? Yeah. Uh, leaders, I know Hab Hab Klopp was kind of interesting. He, when he was in school, he had trouble sitting in in a, at a desk, yeah. and his teachers were accommodating to him. But what are the things like that, or that particular case, did 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 unfold from this about the personality of these transformers? Oh boy, I tell you what, you know, I I would say the core, I just a, a lot of very interesting stories. You know, and the readers, you know, when somebody gets a chance to read the book, um, I think they're going to be struck 
because when I wrote the interviews, and actually, just to share with you, when I actually did the interviews, I, I did not want them to really come across like interviews. Uh, I do a lot of executive coaching. I wanted them to come across like fireside executive coaching chats, if you will. You know, And so I wanted their personalities to come out, but I wanted to also write each chapter uh, beyond the introductory chapters uh, so that people would read about how these people were actually brought up, you know, in, in their families. And, and it was really interesting, and I'm sure you saw this. It, you know, nobody handed anything to these people. <laughs> these 14 people were self-made people, you know? Mm-hmm. So they learned that, you know something, it, it, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take hard work to create abundance in this world, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I was really taken I was really taken away. I was so moved by all 14 people from the standpoint of these people were not born rich. These people, all self-made people, they learn the value of diligence. They learn the value of courage. They, they learn the value of being altruistic, right, uh, of, of honesty, loyalty, uh, and modesty. And, and, and I, that's a lesson. Um, and, and I look at these interviews as... You know, somebody who reads the book, you've got access to 14 mentors uh, that you can learn from. And if we were to boil down their, their leadership lessons, it comes down to um, those elements I just brought up. So, you know, we have, we have a gap in leadership all over the world. Guess what? We can close it. If every leader and future leader says, you know something, I need to be more courageous, I need to work harder, I need to, be more, I need to show more gratitude, I need to show more loyalty, modesty, if we were to do those things and truly execute those things, it's going to lead to success in our life. So that's what I would say. That's what really hit me. Of all the leaders out there in CEO positions, in SMBs to larger companies, how many, what percentage of them do you think are really amazing, high quality, motivating, transformers, leaders, and people that can, that really get other people and how to motivate them and also have a product knowledge or service knowledge with what they're selling? What percentage of you people do you think are really on top of their game? Optimized, right? Really, really humming. Yeah, in terms yep. of inner core strength and outer core strength. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that, and I don't want to shock the listeners, but um, I would say that it is less than 5%. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and, and honestly, it comes down to a lot of gaps. Ego, and ego's a derailer in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and this whole notion of, you know, if your mindset is not, we, you know, we, I mean, my co-author, co-author and I, Nick, Nick Batty and I, what we did was we, we kind of hand-selected these 14 CEOs because mm-hmm. we knew, you know, they're, they're sort of flying under the radar. Not many people refer to these people. They're not mm-hmm. the Jeff Bezos of the world that we read about every single day. Mm-hmm. But we know there's greatness out there. And I also told my, my co-author, Nick, I said, you know, these people... These great CEOs, they're, they're all over the world. Let's identify some of these people and kind of present to the world how they think, you know, how, they, how they're bringing uh, uh, leadership into their businesses so that their businesses can be more successful. I, I, I also, though, uh, through my executive coaching work, know firsthand 
that there's a lot of really good CEOs out there, and there's a lot of really good leaders, but there are massive gaps, massive gaps, Byron, mm. in terms of faulty thinking patterns, lousy emotional makeup. Maybe, maybe they're valuing the wrong things mm-hmm. as opposed to the values that truly drive abundance in the mm-hmm. world, like altruism, right? And uh, in purposeful relationships uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, again, I'd say 5% if we were going to use the definition that you started with, which is how many people are really humming? I'd say 5%, maybe less. Which is why your book is important, and I just want to thank you for being on our show today, John. Byron, amazing opportunity and really a lot of fun. I I really appreciate the wonderful opportunity to connect with you, and uh, thank you so much, and I hope the listeners got something from it. They did indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and more capable of cultural transformation. Thanks to John. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.